John chapter number 8. I'm going to talk tonight about Christian liberty. As we've been talking about being free in Christ as our theme for the year. Uh, I've got a quote up there from A.W. Tozer. Christian liberty is freedom from sin, uh, not freedom to sin. So often we misconstrue and misunderstand biblical liberty and Christian liberty and freedom in Christ. And, and I want to give you some, some help tonight. It's not going to be a long message, but probably a little longer than normal on, uh, on a Sunday night. Just a, I want to build some truth here to help you, and I, I know that it will be a help if you'll allow it to be in your heart this evening. Let's pray together. Uh, read here with me John 8, 36, and then we'll, then we'll pray. The Bible says, If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. And let's pray. Lord, would you help me tonight? Lord, to preach your word and teach your word aright. Lord, I pray you'd help every Christian here this evening. Lord, to receive truth and help from your word. Lord, I pray if there be one here that knows you not as Savior, Lord, I pray this evening that, Lord, they would see the most important truth in all the world, that you love them, that you died for them, that you rose again to pay their debt. Lord, I pray you'd help me tonight, help us to see your word. Bless us now, Lord, would you be glorified tonight for our gathering, for our fellowship. Lord, the singing of your praises and the putting forth of your word. Bless now, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. To liberate means to set free. Free from oppression. Free from confinement, to release from constraint, to release from bondage. We hear much today about the word liberty or liberated. The word generally means free. Sometimes people want to be free when they shouldn't be free of things. Sometimes we get liberated from one thing only to be put in bondage to something else. And there are always always, always rules that we must live by. Uh, you'll always be controlled by something. We'll always be controlled by something. Now, we need to be liberated or free in Christ, and that's the message tonight. Liberation or Christian liberty or freedom, as has been our theme, free in Christ for the year. Uh, none of those words and none of those thoughts mean that we are free. Uh, God has given us uh, carte blanche to do as we please, to live as we please, or to uh, choose as we please. Rather, it means that we have been freed from the bondage of sin. We have been freed from the, the oppression of the devil and the world. We've been justified. We were once bound by the law of sin. There was no freedom. It means we've been made free from the penalty of sin, as we looked a few months ago. For the law, Romans 8, 2 says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free. Hath made me free from the law of sin and death. And then we come to our text verse here in John 8, 36. And I'm going to read several verses tonight. I'm going to encourage you to get a pen out. I'll give you some references. I'm not going to ask you to turn there. I'm going to have so many references tonight. But if you want to write them down, I'd encourage that. 
But our text verse here, the Bible says, If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. So we are free, we are liberated. Uh, Christian liberty, liberated for what purpose? Number one, to discover Christ. To discover Christ. Galatians 5.1 says, Stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. Because we are in Christ as believers, as Christians, because we're in Christ, uh, we are reconciled forever to God. There was an old gospel tract pretty many years ago. The title of that gospel tract was The Seven Together. Some of you may have remembered that or may have seen it before. It summarizes the completeness of our union in Christ. It said on that tract many years ago, number one, we're crucified together with Christ. And Galatians tells us that we are crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. It said on that track that number two, we are dead together with Christ. And we are. Colossians 2.20, wherefore, if ye be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why, as though living in the world, ye are subject to ordinances. Not only are we dead, but the Bible says we are buried. Number three in that track was we were buried with Christ. Romans 6.4, therefore, we are we buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from dead by the glory of the Father, uh, even so we should walk in newness of life. Number four, we are made together. We are made alive together with Christ. Ephesians 2, 5, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together or made us alive, and by grace are you saved. We're raised together with Christ. The Bible tells us in Colossians 3, 1, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Mother Christian, if you are a born-again child of God, you are raised together with Christ. We are sufferers together with Christ. That old tract had in number, number 6, Romans 8, 17, and of children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. And it ties directly into number seven. We are glorified together. Glorified together with Christ. Romans 8, 17. And we see the verse we just looked at uh, speaking the same thing about being glorified together. So as we think about this matter of having the freedom to discover Christ, uh, can I tell you that Christ sets us free from sin? We see that picture by belief, by rejecting uh, false uh, religion and whatever it is we're hanging on to, our flesh, our works, whatever it is, and trusting Christ alone. Uh, we are free from sin. We're cleansed. We're made spiritually whole. All things be passed away. All things become new, the Bible tells us. That means old habits, old language, old hangouts are gone. Uh, Sam Jones said, after you get saved, you ought to tie your horse at a different hitching post. Uh, that's, some, that's some good preaching right there, although we don't drive our, drive our horses anymore. We drive our Teslas and our uh, jalopies, like me, if you have a jalopy. Uh, but we ought to be in a different place. Now, Christ sets us free from sin, and he sets us free from all forms of sin. How many, of you, how many of you like tomatoes? How many tomato lovers? How many of you do not like tomatoes? Okay, keep your hand up. You don't like tomatoes. How many of you that don't like tomatoes, you like ketchup? Yeah, me too. How many of you don't like tomatoes, but you like salsa? Yeah, me too. 
Uh, how many, you don't like tomatoes, but you like pasta sauce. Yeah, me too. Now, I don't want a slice of tomato. That's disgusting. My wife would eat that. She'd disgust me. Uh, I don't like that. But you take that same tomato, you sun dry that slice of tomato, I'll eat that. that I like that form. Uh, you turn into ketchup, I'm, I like some forms of tomato, but I don't like every form of tomato. Can I tell you that Christ has set us free from every form of sin? Galatians 5, 19, now the works of the flesh are manifest. By the way, the works of the flesh, anytime you see works in the Bible, it's not good. You know, we want to work up something for God. Our work isn't good. Well, I'm going to work for God. No, our work is not what God wants. The Bible says the works of the flesh, your flesh, my flesh, are these. Adultery. Well, that sounds like a good work, doesn't it? Fornication. Well, that sounds like a real good work. Uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft. Well, that's pretty bad stuff. Yeah, that's the work of the flesh. Hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murderers, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. We see here the many forms of sin. Christian, do not ever miss the fact that in the Christian liberty that we have, that Christ has set us free. I, I'm not in bondage. I'm not in bondage to any form of sin. We, we see plainly that in Scripture. Uh, so plain that God has given us that freedom. And God gives us freedom also not only to get to know Christ and experience Christ and to know him better, but number two, to develop, to develop confidence. 1 John 5, 14, and this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he heareth us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. I love the fact tonight, believer, that in Christian liberty, God frees us to have our confidence in him. My confidence is not based in self. My confidence is not based in works. My confidence is not based in religion, but the freedom that is in Christ gives me the confidence in Him. I can place my confidence in Christ. By the way, confidence in Christ brings answer prayer. We see that in 1 John 5. We can be confident that Christ hears us. He'll answer us. How many times do we pray? And we pray as if no one's hearing I was talking to my dad this week, and as I was talking to him, I, he was quiet. And I realized he wasn't there anymore. Their internet at their house is horrible, atrocious, uh, really bad, garbage. It's really bad. And I called my dad on WhatsApp. Uh, so it's an internet calling and I was talking to him and I thought he was there but he wasn't there anymore and I was confident he heard me and then all of a sudden I said dad dad oh dad's not there can I tell you that as a Christian I can have confidence although I can't see God 
I can know that he hears me and I have that answered prayer. And the more we trust Christ and his promises, the stronger that confidence becomes. The stronger it becomes. I learned to trust him more. David, when he was ready to go down, and next Sunday we're going to, uh, we're going to talk about uh, David Sunday morning. But as David was ready to go down in the valley to face Goliath of Gath, Saul said, here, take my armor, take my sword, take my shield. And what did David say? Haven't proved those. I never used those in battle before. But he said, king, I got a sling right here. I can trust this sling. I've used it before. Thy servant faced a lion and a bear, and I'm alive and they aren't. He said, I'll walk down with what I know. Christian, when you get to know God better, you walk in the confidence of knowing you can trust him, and God gives us the liberty, the freedom from doubt, the freedom from fear, the freedom from questioning and second-guessing, and that freedom to be in confidence and trusting our Lord. Confidence is attached to faith. We have confidence in the word of God. We have confidence God will save. Confidence God will keep us. Number three, that Christian liberty gives us liberty and freedom to disperse or to give compassion. How many of you ever go to Costco? How many of you remember the first time you went to Costco during COVID? And you walked in. And you realized, by the model, all the sample tables were empty. I shed a few tears. Herman, I cried for a little while. I mean, I plan, if I go to Costco, I, I'm making a meal, you know. You go and you taste everything three or four times. And you have to do this. You have to say, oh, that's pretty good. How much is that? Oh, yeah, I'm thinking about buying that. I'm not. I'm just going to eat the free samples. Uh, but I'll come back three or four times just to see if I'm going to buy it. And I got there, and they couldn't give out the samples. You know how I knew COVID was over? First time I went to Costco and they're giving out samples again. COVID doesn't exist anymore after that. You know that's for sure. Uh, they had the freedom to give out those samples again. Can I tell you, can I tell you that you and I have been given the freedom and the liberty to give out compassion? 1 Peter 3.8, finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. That word compassion is a wonderful word. It's a wonderful word. It means to feel sympathy. It means to pity. It means to be moved with compassion. Let me share an illustration with you about compassion. Compassion, the value of zealous tears. One day, while the famous English preacher, George Whitfield was exhorting from the pulpit, as he was preaching, he was overcome with emotion, and he began to weep quietly. Then lifting up his hands, he exclaimed, Oh, my hearers, think of the wrath to come. Think of the wrath to come. 
flee to Jesus for refuge and salvation right now while there's still time. One who was in the congregation that day as he preached, as he wept, as he pled with them, said later of Mr. Whitfield, his earnestness brought tears to my eyes. And for weeks afterward, I could not get the, that picture of that concerned soul winner out of my mind. My own heart was worn by his zeal. And he said of Mr. Whitfield, eventually the gospel that he preached with such conviction resulted in my conversion. He had the freedom to disperse compassion. Christian, we have the liberty as, as Christians to share that compassion, that love with others. Christ was filled with compassion. For the lost, Matthew 9, 36, but when he saw the multitudes. It doesn't say he was angry with them because they didn't follow his way. It doesn't say he yelled at them. It says rather that he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. He was moved with compassion on them. He had compassion for the sick, Matthew 14, 14. And Jesus went forth and saw great multitudes and was moved with compassion towards them and he healed their sick. He had compassion for those that were hungry. The Bible says in Mark 8, 2, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now been with me three days and have nothing to eat. Well, Jesus had compassion. By the way, the same people he gave food to will crucify him. The same people that came to hear him, he had compassion on, they would cry out, crucify him, give us Barabbas. But he had compassion on them. He had compassion on those burdened with debt. Matthew 18, verse 27, the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion, a picture of Christ, and loosed him and forgave him the debt. I praise God that he's forgiven my debt. I praise God that I owe a debt of hell that I don't have to pay because I'm forgiven. He had compassion on the blind, Matthew 20, verse 34. So Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed him. Praise God that my Savior had compassion. Compassion. He had compassion on the bereaved. A dear friend of mine this week went to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. Dear sweet lady. She used to babysit Rebecca when Rebecca was just a wee little baby. Her son worked for me. I was at her home, her and her husband's home, working on a vehicle for them when I, when she would, she was the one that walked out the door and came out and was the first to tell me that my pastor had gone to heaven back in February of 2001. I saw this week, I believe it was Monday, she went to heaven. My heart does not hurt for her. She's with the Lord. But immediately I reached out to her son. And I told him, I said, I love you. I said, I'm praying for you. 
I said, I know that down here your mother is greatly missed. I had compassion for him. We see Jesus had compassion on the bereaved in Luke 7, 13. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, Weep not. Can I tell you that we are free to share compassion and that compassion should cause us the compassion of Christ. The passion that Christ has should affect us that we should have Compassion. Compassion for the lost. Do, do, do we care about the lost? Do we care there are folks dying and going to hell? Do we care about those who are sick, those who are hungry, those who are burdened with debt, those, the, the people that Jesus cared about? Do we care about them? What did Jesus say when you've done to the least of these, my brethren? You've done it unto me. You know, Jesus walked in the back door and, and we were able to recognize him. He's not going to do that, by the way, but if he did, every one of you in here would run to him. You'd want to worship him, I would hope. You would want to serve him. But Jesus said that as we have compassion on others, we're doing it unto him. I don't have him here, but I have others. And I have the freedom, the liberty to share that compassion. Not only compassion, but also cheerfulness. Proverbs 15, verse 13. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. How many of you have ever met somebody that all the time looked like they were sucking on a, sucking on a pickle? Always sad, always miserable, always horrible. Ask them how they're doing. Oh, I'm barely making it. Oh, woe is me. I want to look at a Christian when they say that kind of stuff and say, is God dead? Did heaven burn down? Uh, the love of Christ failed you? We want to be so miserable and so stoic and so prim and proper Oh, I mean, we we, we got to fit that. But the Bible says that a merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. Christian, let me help you with something. We have the liberty and the freedom in Christ to encourage others, to lift others. We're not to be the wet blanket to discourage and hold down but rather we are to encourage. Cheerfulness. Cheerfulness liberates us from gloom, from sadness, from discouragement. Don't miss this. God is pleased when we rejoice in him. We read the verse this morning. I won't read it tonight, but we read the verse where Jeremiah ate the word of God. And he was full of joy. He was just full of joy, gladness. I'm glad that I can be free to be glad in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm glad that I don't have to follow religion. 
like many of your former countrymen, many of you from the Philippines, many will this spring will tie themselves to crosses. They'll whip themselves thinking that is what it is to be religious and to be spiritual. That's not freedom, my friend. That's bondage. That's bondage to religion. Brother Ahmad, as a lost Muslim, was in bondage to the religion of Islam. And I'm afraid many Christians, born-again children of God, we have wrongly let ourselves be in bondage to false religion. We've wrongly thought that, you know, I've got to be stoic and I've got to, I got to make sure that I don't enjoy the Christian life. I got to make sure that, you know, I'm just serious all the time. And the Bible speaks about being sober, being serious minded, but the Bible also speaks about a cheerful heart and having gladness. I praise God that we have the liberty in Christ to enjoy the life that God has for us. Share an illustration with you. This last summer, my wife and I celebrated 26 years of marriage, the happiest three years of my wife's life. And uh, we, we got to go out and what do we do? I'll remember. And uh, well, one day while we were celebrating our anniversary, maybe on our anniversary, uh, we went out to Wobman. How many of you know where Wobman, Lake Wobman is? And uh, Lake Wobman is where Brother Dan Crumball, he shared last Sunday night about baptizing. He baptized there in Lake Wobman. That's a big baptistry, by the way. And uh, they have a baptistry there as well at the Paul Band, but he baptized there in Lake Wobman a few weeks ago. And I took my wife, and my wife enjoys simple things. She enjoys me, and I'm pretty simple-minded. But uh, she enjoys paddle boats. How many of you like paddle boats? Uh, pedal boats, I should say. You know, you, I don't know. I, I don't, they're not my favorite, but my wife loves them. So you know what I do? I take my wife out on a pedal boat. And uh, so we, I took her there. We went. We rented a paddle boat. We got out on the lake. But you know what I did while I was out on the lake with my wife, my beautiful wife, on a lake where there was fish, I brought a fishing pole with me. I was going to enjoy the ride. Uh, I was going to take advantage. And by the way, I caught fish. I caught pike. I caught walleye. Uh, I caught a backhand by my wife a few times. Uh, I enjoyed the ride. I, I was free to do so because my wife gave me permission to do so. Christian, may we understand that as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we ought to be enjoying the ride. We ought to be enjoying Christianity, enjoying serving Christ, enjoying loving one another. We can have that cheerfulness, and not cheerfulness that we keep to ourselves, but cheerfulness we share with others. How many of you parents know that sometimes when your kids are younger especially, you might buy certain foods or snacks and you hide them from your children? Am I the only one that's honest here? And you got to squirrel them away because if your children are like my children, they'll eat them all. And we won't get them. And my kids, they leave the house and they still come and eat everything after they get married. I, man, children are useless. I don't know why I ever had any. But you know, you, you hide it and you wait till the kids are in bed. 
You listen for the heavy breathing. You close the door. You, you tiptoe to the kitchen. Slowly open the cabinet. You get out that snack and you go to the bathroom and you hide in the bathroom and eat it because you know that they're going to smell it, they're going to hear it, and you want to keep it to yourself because we're really good parents, right? We love our kids so much. God doesn't want you to keep cheerfulness to yourself. He wants us to distribute. He wants us to share it. And I praise God that we can be encouragers. Cheerfulness, by the way, and get this statement. I believe this to be true wholeheartedly. Cheerfulness increases your effectiveness for Christ. Cheerfulness, Christian, will affect your usefulness for Christ. Why? It's the evidence of the joy of Christ in you. I know I've met Christians before that I thought to myself, if I wasn't a Christian and that was the only Christian I knew, I wouldn't want to be a Christian. If that's what a Christian is, I don't want to be a Christian. It's a good testimony to be cheerful. By the way, it's a bad testimony. I'm not saying you can't be sad. I'm not saying you don't go through seasons of discouragement. But I'm saying if your testimony across your life is, oh, woe is me. Everything's horrible. That's a bad testimony to your God. It's a bad testimony to your Savior. And I praise God tonight, number five, we have freedom, Christian liberty, to be able to, to display courage. Joshua chapter 1-7, the verse before our text from the morning's message, says, Be thou strong and very courageous. We think of courage and we think of flesh. We think of courage and you think of guys like John Wayne. And a guy that would just charge a grizzly bear. You know, that, that's when we think of courage. But that's not true biblical courage. Courage is the companionship of Christ. Let me share an illustration with you. The attitude of David Livingstone. Amazing man. A man that did so much for the cause of Christ. A man who impacted the continent of Africa. David Livingstone, his attitude is seen in an account from 1896. In 1896 at Glasgow University, they conferred on him, at that time already a famous missionary, the degree of Doctor of Laws to Dr. Livingstone, as Dr. Livingstone rose to speak, he was received in respectful silence. He was gaunt. He was haggard as a result of hardships in tropical Africa. His left arm had been crushed by a lion and it hung helplessly at his side, useless. He announced his resolve that night with a body that was broken, a health that was failing, an arm that was useless. He announced his resolve that he would return to Africa without misgiving and with great gladness. 
he added these words. Would you like me to tell you what supported me through all those years of exile? Among people whose language I could not understand and whose attitude towards me was often uncertain and hostile. Imagine what he went through. It was this, he said. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Dr. Livingstone said on these words, I staked everything, and they have never failed me. They have never failed me. Christian, can I tell you that Dr. Livingstone had the freedom and the liberty to trust in his God, to believe his God, he had the freedom and the liberty to believe that what God's word says, God means. Courage liberates us from cowardice. Courageous Christians, by the way, bravely take a stand. I think of the Christians in Iran right now. You know, we, we complain about Canada. God have mercy on your soul. And we, we've been wrong done by and we've been persecuted. Now, some of you need to suck your thumb and get you a new bottle. Uh, you don't know what persecution is. Oh, the government said this, so I've been wrong done by. When's the last time you saw one of your children taken out and killed in front of your house because you serve Christ? We have such weak, anemic Christianity in North America. It's shameful. Shameful. But I think of many Christians around the world who this very day, they gathered, not knowing they might get a fine, or they might have to go to court, or they might have to go to jail, but they might be murdered. And yet many today across our country woke up and said, ah, oh, I'm tired. Ah, I'll go to church next week. I don't need to gather. Courage liberates us from cowardice. The greatest work for Christ is done by those oftentimes who are alone. You study your Bible, you start in Genesis, and you work your way through the Old Testament, you'll find that many of the greatest works for God were done by those who may have been surrounded by people, but ultimately they were alone. But they had courage in their God. A courageous Christian in that liberty in Christ accepts the challenge to live, to lift, to love, to grow, to go, to give, to witness, to win, and to worship the Lord. See, Mr. Torrey said Christian liberty is Freedom from sin, not freedom to sin. Too many times we look at liberty as I'm finally out of bondage. I can go do whatever I want. It's not Christian liberty. Christian liberty is I am free to do what God wants.
I'm free to obey Christ. I'm free to live the wonderful life that God has for me in the fullest. And how wonderful is our God. How wonderful is He. Let's pray together. Lord, thank You. Lord, for the opportunity tonight to be encouraged. God, help us not to squander. Not to waste the freedom that is in Christ. God, help us to realize all the things that you give us freedom to do. Lord, I think of the lost world all around us. I think of the brokenness of our world. I think of those that are hurting, those who are blinded by sin and blinded by religion, those who have been wounded. Lord, you had compassion on them. God, would you give us compassion? God, give us the freedom to share compassion. To love people to Jesus Christ. To care for them. To care for their soul. God, help us to find the freedom to encourage, to lift, to be cheerful. Or to be courageous. Lord, if we're truly to live the Christian life the way you want, we'll have to do it in courage. Because it's not popular. Lord, we don't face tremendous persecution as many of our brethren around the world do. And Lord, we thank you for the freedoms we have. Lord, we do, in our own way, face an uphill battle because we're going counterculture. We're going against the flow. Lord, may we do so in obedience to you with cheerfulness of heart and with compassion for the lost and with the desire to live inside the boundaries of your word. Lord, I'm free from religion. I'm free from following a set of rules to find my way to heaven. Lord, there is no rules that will get me there. But I am free now because you saved me to live for you, to serve you, to love you, to worship you. God, help us to walk in that freedom, that liberty, that true Christian liberty. Lord, we praise you tonight. I pray you'd work now in this invitation time. Lord, I pray you'd be glorified with decisions made tonight. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Would you stand with me this evening where the Colton's going to come? Lead us in a song of invitation this evening. Let's sing number 294. Just as I am. Number 294. Just as I am without one plea, but that. Just as I am.
to rid my soul from dark blood to thee whose blood can cleanse each spot O Lamb of God I come I come Let's pray together Lord I pray Lord that we would get out of the box of religion we would get out of the box of the world's ideas. And Lord, I pray that we would realize the liberty in Christ to love, the compassion to share Christ, to encourage, to uplift. And Lord, to walk the valley alone sometimes, but Lord, we know we're never alone for we are with you. Lord, I thank you that that verse is true, that lo, you are with us always, even to the end of the world. Lord, we praise you. We thank you. Lord, I pray you bless our time of fellowship tonight. Lord, would you be glorified in our conversation. Lord, I pray you bless the food to our bodies. Bless our time together. In your precious name we pray. Amen. <clears throat>